Welcome to the latest episode of Short Box Summary. I am your host, George, and today we are not talking about comics, we are talking about movies. Very specifically, we will be talking about 2003's Hulk movie, directed by Ang Lee, starring Eric Bana, Jennifer Connelly, Sam Elliott, and uh, Josh Lucas, I think is his name. I always thought of him as not Matthew McConaughey. Oh, and Nick Nolte. How could I forget Nick Nolte? Fucking Nick Nolte erasure. Right yeah. <laughs> weird homeless Nick Nolte. Weird vagabond Nick Nolte. Uh, that voice you heard was Marty Sleva. Marty, welcome to Shortbox Summary. Welcome back. George, I'm honored to be here. Truly. Also here, we got Kyle O'Brien. Kyle, welcome back to Shortbox. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Also here, we got my boy Aaron. Aaron hasn't missed a movie podcast yet. He was here for Spider-Man. He had to come back for Hulk because Hulk is his favorite character. Aaron, how you doing? Doing great. Happy to be back. Batting clean up on these movie podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> also, it felt like uh, like uh, a backdoor insult to Kyle and I who have missed the movie episodes. Well, I mean, perfect attendance. <laughs> Aaron always is the suck up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I don't want to pick favorites, but Aaron is obviously my favorite just because he's always oh, understandable. Always here. Yeah, understandable. Always down. <sighs> Guys, this movie came out June 20th, 2003. I'm going to give you a little little box office, a little billboard top 100 for 2003, June 20th. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. All right. Number one movie, Hulk, made 62.1 million its opening weekend. Which feels wow. low by today's standards. That feels like a day's haul for like a comic book movie today. But pulled that in over the weekend. Number two, Finding Nemo. Wow, that was a, that was a, this was a good ass summer for movies. It was. I mean, after I think there's kind of a drop off after three, but yeah, or including three. Number three, Too Fast, Too Furious. Hell yeah! Okay, I think we're 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 leaving out some of the movies I I remember from that summer. <laughs> Maybe they haven't come out yet. <laughs> Number four, Bruce Almighty. Okay, I'm I'm retracting my statement when I said how good the summer was. I feel like Aaron is going to love Number Five, The Italian Job. Ooh, yeah, he's a big Mini Cooper guy. Yeah, Mini Cooper. You know what I love? Big stars like Charlize Theron in Little Cars. <laughs> that's not a bad YouTube series. Big stars and little cars. Like what's yeah, Shaq doing in the small star. car? That's right. He got a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah. Number six, Rugrats Go Wild. Okay, this I have was no not idea. Yeah. Paris. This was what yeah. was this like cultural oh. appropriation? That's not the one with the song with Maya. Wait, I think I think this was the crossover with Wild Thornberries. That would make oh, sense. That... I have no fucking memory of this. I thought it was the crossover with uh, Emil Hirsch's Into the Wild. <laughs> About the dude who burns his social security card and dies like a dummy in the Canadian wilderness. Yeah, and some okay. perfect yeah. van. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Into the wild, old monster. Number seven, Alex and Emma. Luke Wilson, back when he could get a movie made by himself a long time ago. Oh. Yeah. Who's Number Emma? eight. Is that J-Lo? Who's that? Uh, no, that was um, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Okay. That was actually, I, I don't think that's a good movie, but I will watch that movie when it's on. He basically owes money to his bookies, and he has to write a book in 30 days, and he hires uh, Kate Hudson as a stenographer to just like type stuff really quickly. It's a good movie. It's not. Is I he already that. an it, author? It's or is he not a published author, and they're like, 
we're gonna break your legs unless you write a book no he's already a published author he just owes money that's yeah. right gotcha gotcha it need, needs to finish a book to get an advance got that dead yeah. arm under the gun <laughs> i'm just gonna burn through these next couple uh number eight hollywood homicide number nine dumb and dumberer when harry met lloyd and uh, number 10 at the box office the matrix reloaded so that's what i was gonna oh, say okay. this summer to me the two defining movies were matrix reloaded and Pirates of the Caribbean, which must have came out a few weeks after this. That, that was July 10th. That came out the yeah. day before my birthday. Yeah. What a movie. Uh, so, that's, yeah. ooh, that was movies. Uh, music. Number one, 21 Questions, 50 Cent featuring Nate Dogg. Oh, shit. So yeah, good. long live Nate Dogg, Captain Hook. <laughs> it ain't a hit if Nate Dogg ain't singing on it. That's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, get fucked, Dolly Parton. Not enough Nate Dogg. <laughs> ain't no shit. Eat a dick, Dolly Parton. Nate Dogg. <laughs> Number two, Get Busy by Sean Paul. Mm. Oh, that your classic. Yeah, yeah. Number three, uh, Magic Stick by Lil' Kim featuring 50 Cent. Big yeah, summer for 50. Big yeah. It was the year 50. Yeah, yeah. He was killing Remember when 50 said he was going to retire if uh, his album sold less than uh, Graduation from Kanye? And then remember when his album sold dramatically less than graduation? Precipitously less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They come out on the same day. Is that like Massacre or something? Because I thought the Massacre was a good album, but I don't think it's fine. Like, like it wasn't, it didn't have stronger. Like the only thing I know, the, the, the biggest difference I know between Kanye West and 50 Cent is that when I lived in San Francisco in 2015, 50 Cent was doing a signing uh, for an alcohol brand at the Bevmo across the street from my school. And mm-hmm. Kanye Bevo West, Van Ness? <laughs> yeah, the one on Van Ness. <laughs> destroy that Bevmo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kanye West never had to do that. That's uh, I'm like, oh, that's a difference in their career trajectories. Yeah. Fifty Cent also never endorsed Donald or Trump. So. <laughs> one is still dope as hell, making amazing, amazing shit, and the other has fallen off and wears ugly clothes. So. I, I genuinely can't tell who you're talking I about. Genuinely <laughs> not have you guys it. not seen how incredible Fifty has 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 blown up with his amazing? TV series Power and the whole Power universe. I saw. I remember the Super Bowl he did, uh, like Batman sit-ups. Yeah, yeah. Upside down yeah. Batman sit-ups. Oh, See, that's okay. that's how I know there's an age gap because I call those Deuce Bigelow sit-ups because <laughs> because that's what the guy from the Mummy was doing in Deuce Bigelow, and that's how Deuce breaks the tank, lest we forget. What guy? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Deuce Bigelow is a good movie. I forget about how good that first one was. Yeah, first one's pretty good. Number four, I Know What You Want by Busta Rhymes and Mariah Carey featuring the Flip Mode Squad. Great song. Number five, Can't Let You Go by uh, Fabulous uh, featuring Mike Shore and Lil Mo. Great song. Uh, Number six, Bring Me to Life by Evan Essence. And number seven, Crazy in Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. One person on this list really uh, withstood the test of time. (laughs) Yeah, Evan Essence. Buster Rhyme is a god. 50 is a god. Remember when Buster Rhyme got tricked into the Fire Festival? Buster? Man, yeah. but have you heard Buster? You, apparently, you haven't heard Buster's last. No, Ja Rule wasn't Buster. That was racist shit. That's Ja Rule, exactly. Buster is the god. Yeah. Buster's fine. Ja Rule got his career ended by someone on this list. 50. So when I was when I was uh, seven years old, I was convinced that the two coolest people on the planet were uh, Buster Rhymes and Daria. The fictional character, yeah, yeah. I watch a lot did of you, MTV. Did you write a bunch of slash fic where they start dating? No, I didn't. Um, but Buster, I think you're a dating a high schooler. This isn't good. You're grooming. 
<laughs> I think I wanted to be as cool as Busta so I could date Daria. I think that was like my my brain's plan. Mm-hmm. It didn't this work isn't out. The kind of guys she went for. It didn't work out, but I uh, my hair is long enough where I too can have moon buns like Busta. I, I still don't look as cool as when Busta does it. I really like to think that you just cr- like created your identity within that Venn diagram of those two people. <laughs> <laughs> this is who I'll I will be the god of this. I'll be the god of the flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, that's what we were watching. That's what we were listening to. But uh, starting with Aaron, uh, Mr. Perfect Attendance himself, Mr. PA. Hello. <laughs> Where were you June 20th, 2003? Where were you when this movie came out? June 20th, 2003? June 20th, 2003, I had just moved to Las Vegas. I was just oh, moving to Las Vegas from um, L.A. I stayed and I worked at the MGM Grand. It was 116 degrees the night I moved to Vegas. There was no sun and it was still 116 degrees outside. Too many degrees. Yeah, that sucks, man. Too many. Fuck the desert. Y'all can keep that shit. (laughs) Yeah. MGM Grand. It was it was uh it was okay. It was short lived. Like six months after that, I moved to San Francisco. I was in and out. I hated Vegas. And uh, wait, where was Kill Bill? When did that come out? That came out while I was in Vegas. But Kill Bill would come out this fall. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. This fall or early two thousand four, like Kyle said. No, Just was, I remember uh, seeing that movie with my brother in South America, and I'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, October two thousand three, because it came out. Okay. It came out like a couple weeks before Matrix Revolutions. I don't you know if that was the name of the third Matrix movie. You know, the good one. Yeah. <laughs> really? The, <laughs> you know, the, Is that what we it? One of the three movies. One of the four movies. Kyle, where were you June 2003? Um, I uh, just finished up a junior year of high school. I was working at Pacific Sunwear, Pac Sun. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I uh, so I never saw Hulk when it came out. I I just like I was vaguely interested after seeing that trailer, and then saw the reviews and was just kind of like, I'm fine, which is baffling because I like the <laughs> two years before I'd seen Crouching Tiger and absolutely loved it, and like you know was hyped on like X Men mm-hmm. and Spider Man, and I just completely skipped it. My biggest impression of this movie at the time was that my friend Mike took an edible and went to go see it. And he got so high in the theater that when uh, Bruce Banner was hulking out, he thought he was hulking out and he started flexing and hyperventilating in his (laughs) chair. And then he threw up and had to leave. (laughs) So (laughs) that was like, that was my defining experience of the Hulk until watching it last week. For this podcast <laughs> <laughs> what a weird way to find out your pot was laced with pcp that's strange <laughs> the pot was laced with whatever nick nolte was huffing out of those like exactly. out of those gas tubes out of those radiation <laughs> bags yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just huffing he's free and gamma <laughs> marty where were you june 20th uh, or june 2003 I was the same. Uh, I was the same age as Kyle, so this was uh, in between my junior and uh, senior year. This was the summer I got my car, or I got my license and a car. So Whoa. driving around, seeing all these movies, I yeah, like, uh, wasn't really getting in trouble or anything. I was working at a library at the time, and I remember I think either the day Hulk came out or the day after Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix came out, 
and the library oh, wow. got the books like a week early. So, oh, the book. I was like, no, dude, that didn't come out for a yeah. hot sec. <laughs> so I got to read that book like a week early. And had I had the internet, I would have just spoiled it, bro. I would have been like, serious, black? That dude's no more. You got fucking, you got tossed in that curtain. He's not coming back. Serious black? Yeah, got seriously blacklisted. worked yeah. at a library like I did. It was great. Yeah, Love that library. Oh, what a, what a, what a job. Um, yeah, just a chill summer. Yeah, a ton of, ton of movies, ton of games. It was like four senior years, so nothing fucking mattered. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest person here. This came out between this came out the summer between my seventh and eighth grade year. And my eighth grade year, my mom is from South America and she moved back there and I actually went with her and lived with her for a year. So this was like one of the last movies I remember seeing before uh, the move. I went to my local theater called the Criterion in uh, in downtown Bar Harbor. It's a really cool like historical preservation site. It's all Art Deco. It's, it's like a gorgeous building, but like not the best theater. And I remember like lying to my dad being like, yeah, I know, like me and a bunch of friends are going. I didn't have anyone I could convince to go see this movie with me. So I just went and saw it by myself. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> Big summer like for in me. Into in in Hulk? What's that? I was about to say. Yeah, none of your friends were like into Hulk, into comics or anything? No, yeah, no. Uh, we'd like... I met a whole bunch of people. We started, this was like a year into like inter-school dances. And like, I lived in a different town than the school went to. So like, I didn't live near any of like my best friends from school. And I wasn't particularly close to anyone from uh, the town I was living in, in, in Bar Harbor. I was closer with people from the other side of the island. So like, I, I didn't have like a crew I could just call up and be like, Hey, do you want to go see this right now? And it was like a 45 minute drive from like, you know, the other school people that I was friends with from different schools. And I don't think, I think they were more into uh, like romantic comedies. Like that was like the easiest thing to like get them to go see. Yeah. You could rally the Bar Harbor boys for Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Though. Yeah, exactly. They, they know, they know what's worth getting out of, uh, getting out of bed for. <laughs> yeah. What did, you said there was a man from the mummy who did those sit-ups. Was that Brendan Fraser? Or was that another mummy man? No, it was the, the uh, Magi guy. I can't remember the actor's name. Hey everyone, Future George here. Uh, the actor's name, who I could not remember, who none of us could remember, is Oded Fair. Uh, I've seen in The Mummy, I've seen in The Mummy Returns, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and I think he was also on that uh, that spy show with Piper Parabo. Um, you know the one. Um, shoot, what is it called? Hey everyone, Future Future George here. Uh, Covert Affairs, that show Covert Affairs with Piper Parabo. Okay, love you, bye. Like the guy from the secret sect of Magi who would like protect. Oh the yeah, too. yeah, that, he's like a he's a hubba hubba. He's kind of a hard body. He That's is a hubba hubba. That's probably why he's he, doing those those Batman setups. Yeah, he might even be in a wooga. I mean, who's to yeah. say? Wow, wooga, good thing. Holy moly! Well, this movie's definitely got a hubba hubba and a wooga. Also, I can again, I can tell I'm younger than you guys because this summer, uh, as much as I love the Hulk, as much as I loved, uh, you know, moving to South America, getting a cool experience, the summer was defined by me, uh, defined to me by collecting the last couple of Transformers Armada figures I needed for like the entire set because that cartoon oh. was just popping off. And so, like, finally getting like the big deluxe Optimus Prime was like, you know, working bullshit chores and saving up money and actually buying that stuff. So, it, big summer for me personally. Yes. I, mean, I think I bought an Xbox oh, yeah. this summer, so that was that was exciting. I got to play no, Halo, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Whatever the new system was is the one I had. I always bought the new systems when as soon as they came out. Yeah, we had we had X oh, that was Xbox, PS2, and GameCube. Good time for games. 
yeah, yeah. My, my personal favorite time for games all right let's jump into the movie um normally i have a summary of the movie that i like to recite here i forgot to write one so i'm just gonna do this off the dome uh scientist bruce banner deals with childhood trauma as he becomes I don't even know how to say it. Deals with childhood trauma as he becomes a, a monster, as he becomes the Hulk uh, due to unmitigated and unprotected science experiments from his father. Uh, like, this is just a confusing movie. I, I think that's why I'm struggling here. Also, I've had like two to four glasses of wine. You want me to help you out? You want me to help you out? Yeah, please. Tell, I, I tell, me, tell, me, tell me the movie, Aaron. Yeah. So, the Hulk is about the young Dr. Banner who was screwed up by his daddy and given some horrible gene from his scientific daddy. And then he bails on him. And then he grow up thinking he ain't got no parents. Pops up out of nowhere, find out, guess what? I do got a daddy. But he's the biggest asshole I've ever seen in the world. Psych! Biggest asshole I've ever seen in the world is my girlfriend's daddy. Dude's <laughs> trying to kill me. <laughs> so I got my daddy and my girlfriend daddy both trying to take this ass. Not going to happen. The I think that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty. That's that's perfect. Yeah, it sucks that none of us were living in San Francisco during all this to like be able to have firsthand stories of like Hulk like like ruining Berkeley and like. Yeah. Well, one <laughs> like, one thing that was cool the when I first moved to San Francisco, um, like I said, a few months later, where my apartment, you guys know where it is, right there across the street from Jackalope. At the time, it was Lush Lounge, but I went up on my roof to hang out for the very first night I got there ha having drinks with my roommate and I look over my shoulder and there's a giant portrait of the Incredible Hulk. It was an ad for the Hulk movie. Oh, it was on cool. one of the buildings on um, right there on Post Street. But it was like the size of the building, the Incredible Hulk's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I could come here and just check out the Hulk? <laughs> and, and Warren Sapp just got to the bay like I did? This shit's about to be hot. <laughs> Me, Warren Sapp, and the Hulk are going to be hanging out every weekend. All here in the Bay. Just getting down. Me yeah. and the Hulk were in the same San Francisco rookie class. This is amazing. Bro. <laughs> that was my neighbor. He was right there. I could see him. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was a good summary because it really emphasized fathers. And I'll be honest. I thought this movie was bad the first time I saw it just because I'm like, it wasn't really exciting. And I didn't really have the the film vocabulary to understand what I was getting into when it's uh, directed by Ang Lee. Mm -hmm. I do now. Um, but it was the same thing like seeing Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I remember being really excited for that movie because it looked just like a kick-ass kung fu movie. I didn't know it was going to be like a poignant kung fu movie. I didn't know it was going to have like a, a point. I was expecting like Super Cop or like whatever those Jackie Chan movies were. Just like oh, sure. was lit. Yeah. pretty. And I did not get that. And so I remember... Uh, like when I connected the dots, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because that movie was boring. And um, I was going to jump ahead to what do we think revisiting the movie? I was wrong. This movie is fantastic. This is a great <laughs> fucking movie. This is probably the best movie we've talked about yet on the show. Like best made movie. I'm not saying it's the one I enjoy the most, but it's probably like pound for pound the best movie we've talked about so far on Shortbox. I think it's also when we complain as much as as much as i think we all still enjoy the marvel cinematic universe and everything um when it. we complain about movies not feeling different and unique enough and not feeling like a director really put their thumbprint on something uh this movie 
feels like literally no other movie I've ever seen before. It's, I wouldn't even say it's ahead of its time. It is a movie out of time. It exists in its own time. Um, the, the closest analog to me is the Wachowski Speed Racer in terms of oh, yeah. how it uses like... I thought the, of that too. Yeah, how it uses the visual the transition language from scene of to scene, all the visual. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, whereas, uh, you know, Speed Racer obviously is, is trying to make a, a anime cartoon uh, uh, turn and like have that feeling brought over into live action. This brings sort of the kinetic feeling of, you know, flipping through the pages of a comic book, both in terms of it's transitions and panels and that. very yeah. strange uh, techniques. So I was, I was... I was pretty floored by how creative it was. Normally when I take notes on movies uh, for this show, I basically do like a one sentence summary for each scene. Just so I have like a flow and then I'll comment on like the stuff that stands out to me. I couldn't really do that with this movie to be completely honest, just because I was kind of floored by what I was seeing. Um, We talked about a little bit in the Spider-Man movie podcast where we're just like, okay, like this is, really interesting because they kind of are doing something like Shakespearean here, right? Where it's like, this is a movie about Peter Parker who loves Mary Jane, but Mary Jane is dating uh, James Franco. And then Peter or James Franco's dad wants to kill Peter, but he doesn't know he wants to kill Peter. And then Peter accidentally facilitates the death of like his, his best friend's dad or whatever. I'm just like, Oh shit. Like that is very Shakespeare. And then here, like this movie is not really a superhero movie, right? Like this is a Greek tragedy. This is a Shakespeare play is... that's offset by occasional appearances by someone, you know, as a comic book character, but this really doesn't feel like a comic book movie at all. And yeah, Jesus, yeah, it's, it's a Hercules movie. Anyway. Yeah. It is so interesting. Yeah. yeah what, did, what did you guys think? I'm going to, I'm going to veer away from, interesting in a good way and say that i thought this movie was very interesting in a fucking uh in a way that did not work for me um and so i i went expecting it to be weird and it it was that just uh not in the way that i was um expecting uh and just kind of like i think from the opening like the it's like a very frantic kind of expositional opening um with like well for one opening with uh another like cgi um like credit roll of zooming around like dna strands and stuff i was like holy shit they just couldn't stay away from that in the early 2000s i but i have a theory i have a theory that (laughs) after 9-11 a part of the patriot act was that every superhero movie has to begin (laughs) with a real quick like uh Let's see how the atom was spliced and everything, and let's right. do a little like root around inside a run side of DNA. It um, which it it only stayed on that for a little bit, and then it transitioned into like, uh, like frantic note taking and little like pieces of uh, like written exposition, and then so much animal testing and use of monkey knockout gas, um, <laughs> that I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, like. This is, uh, r- like, really not what I was expecting. And then uh, once it got more into uh, focusing on childhood trauma, I was like, okay, here's, I think, maybe the, uh, like, the art film I was, uh, was kind of looking for. And it sort mm-hmm. of juggles those, um, juggles those elements for, like, the rest of the movie. Um, 
And so it, yeah, there were parts that I was uh, like really absolutely feeling the weight of. And then uh, sometimes it would like switch gears again and it kind of felt like it, it knocked me off of like falling into that flow of what it was doing. Aaron, what did you think revisiting? Uh, first, you guys have to understand something, which, George, I'm sure you do. I'm the biggest Incredible Hulk fan I ever knew. One of the first toys I remember getting as a kid was just a simple Incredible Hulk. Didn't move. He just had it standing with his arms out. And there was a piece of string that shot out of his wrist. And you would set up a brick wall, push the button. He'd make the Hulk smash sound. The string would suck in and rip down the brick wall. I love that thing. I carried it with me my whole life. Hulk bathroom towels, Hulk pajamas, Hulk everything. Did you watch the so Lou Ferrigno Hulk, show? Oh, my God. Lou Ferrigno was a god to me. I love the Hercules movie starring Lou Ferrigno because my brother's like, that's the guy who plays the Hulk. I'm like, I got to watch it. <laughs> I loved it. Love Lou Ferrigno. I got to meet him. A couple times at Comic-Con because his booth would be right next to my brother's. Hell yeah. And so he got like two, he's like deaf in both ears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool guy. Very. Wait, hold on. Real quick. I met him too. I met him at Montreal Comic-Con and I got him Mm -hmm. to sign a copy of I Love You Man for my my buddy Ben. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, So when this movie came out, it was everything I wanted. I used to watch it was my first time getting to see the Hulk on the big screen, and I couldn't wait for it. They had the Taco Bell or all these different, you know, food commercials and shit with the Hulk, and it yeah. was everywhere. They even had, like, my favorite Hulk action figure that came out, and it was like a 12-inch, and it's one of the best ones I've ever seen that was sold anywhere. And um, so I was super stoked, could not wait for this movie. And when I got in that theater and checked it out, bro, I was super happy, over the moon, loved it, immediately went out and bought it, watched it all the time. And then when I got over here yesterday and watched it, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking back then. This shit is terrible to me. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we have a clear divide. <laughs> I was really expecting Kyle to be alone on Negative Island, but to yeah, roommate. No, this shit was bad. This movie to me, I'm like, couldn't believe. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking back then? Why did I love it so much? I'm like, oh, well, here we go. We get to see the Hulk on screen. But Hulk don't get on screen till 41 minutes in. Okay, so yeah, I took I took notes four too. Four minutes. <laughs> four minutes just to get credits off the screen. Hey, that's wow. my note too. Fuck, you're kind of stepping on toes here, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got 12 minutes until we see fucking Eric Ben. I'm like, I know, Eric. <laughs> exactly. Who the fuck care about David Banner? You know what I mean? Uh, either I way, like I was just like, I, I just didn't like it. And then he doesn't even fight anybody dope. Like, I don't even have a, a, a villain or anybody, no leader. He doesn't even fight a Doc Savage type. Nobody, nothing. He fighting dogs. I'm like, come on, man. No, you wow, folks. Three dogs that represent Cerberus, just like Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. When you say that, okay, that gives, that lends. That fight scene is 
very boring though. And yeah, man, I know they, they did it at night to like one of the best how hard fight it scenes is one of the best fight scenes in the movie. I can, like it was only the only fight scene. Yeah. In the movie. Well, yeah, but he's just fighting. The, <laughs> hey, thank you. There it is, Kyle. Thank you. He fighting the dogs and his daddy. Other than that, let me not get shot. That's what. Yeah, I really for for best fight scene as a category, I really had to stretch. <laughs> stretch, <laughs> some, bro. Some this movie was a tough watch, man. <laughs> and I just don't like the way. Not that it was directed because it was beautiful to me. Everything looked fantastic. Like you mentioned, the way it would cut away or jump to different scenes. All of those things were super cool and interesting to me. But I didn't like none of the dialogue. I didn't like the way the story was. I don't give a shit about his dad and his dad's whole life. Everyone seemed like they were overacting to me in the movie. Everybody is shaking in this thing. I thought they had fucking Tourette's or fucking something else going on. I don't know. They were just all shaking hella hard. It was really uh, cold and outside. Eric Bana is like, it's like, it's a cold set. Yeah, San Francisco, yeah. June. It's the June gloom. June 20th, yeah. <laughs> you know, this wasn't like a, a live like theater Eric production, Bana. George. I don't like Eric Bana as the Hulk. I love him as an actor. I love him and everything else. But him as Bruce Banner to me, this, I mean, he's a big, big-ass guy anyway. What, to me... Like um, Norton was love Eric Bana as an actor. I don't. I, I like so the. Uh, I like plenty of movies that he's done. Name you three know, movies. I don't he's have in. a problem. Uh, let's see, Troy. Um, he did. What was the one where he was the Australian? Um, Chopper. Like Chopper. Chopper was fun. He was fucking excellent. Chopper. Don't help him Thank remember you. the movie name. Oh, what Chopper did. Yeah, but he knows cheap. the movie I'm talking about. It ain't yeah. I, I'm not gonna help him with movies I don't care about, but he's gonna bring up Chopper. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let him drown on Chopper. Yeah, man, Chopper is the shit. I love Troy. I mean, a lot of people didn't. I thought it was fantastic. I still watch it. I thought it was good, but that was Brad Pitt's movie. That wasn't that wasn't Eric Bannon's movie. That's true, but Brad Pitt had to have someone whose ass to whoop, and it was Eric Bannon's ass he had to whoop. And then Eric Bannon was, his was ass a good big brother. Oh, Eric Bannon was a good big brother. There's no way I was going down there to get killed, and my little brother just said, "Well, yeah, I would have. I take that." Back. Rules in uh, Munich. But, Did you guys see Munich? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great in that. Also, I, like I didn't realize he was the voice of Monterey Jack in the most recent uh, uh, Chippendales. I mean, the one was that like a few months ago. That was him. He had three lines. Perfect. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna. <laughs> like, Perfect. Yeah, he had mm. upwards of seven lines. Okay. Yes, I, that's a good. Monterey point. Jack was a big part of this Chippendale movie. Come on. I didn't. I didn't know Eric Bana before this movie. I knew him like from Black Hawk Down. Was the only other movie I'd ever seen him in at this point. And he was like one twentieth of that movie. Yeah, I like, forgot yeah. he was in Black Hawk Down. There's a good chance. There's a good chance one of us is in blackout down, and we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, statistically, there's four of us. Yeah, gotta be one of that them. would be yeah, a good movie audition. to rewatch and be like, oh, that person was in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who went on to do great things. Oh, uh, like the coaching, the coaching tree of Black Hawk Down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I I just finished a full rewatch of Game of Thrones, um, leading up to uh, House of the Dragon. And I looked, I looked up, I was like, why the fuck isn't, like, uh, Nikolai Coster-Waldo, who's uh, Jamie Lannister, like, why isn't he? First off, why isn't anyone from this show in anything? It's got so many great actors, and they're, like, barely in shit afterwards. Uh, he was in Blackhawk Town. I don't know who he played. Probably one of the Blackhawks. Probably not one of the dudes from Mogadishu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that feels that feels right. Dude, he also, was- how I say one of the Blackhawks, like, they're a hockey team. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, you're, Chicago you're, Blackhawks. You're from the Midwest. Yeah, you're, you're from the Midwest. Makes yeah, sense. the team plane went down, and yeah, they had to eat each other. Yeah, he was real quick aside. He was in this one movie called Headhunters, which is like one of the most intense suspense movies I've ever seen in my entire life. About like you an like Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Oh, he plays like familiar. an insurance agent who's like hunting down an art thief, and it's fucking awesome. Okay, really, really out. good movie. I think he's, I think he's really handsome. I think he's really handsome, and I applaud. Oh no, great looking guy and everything. That's my thing. I thought he was too good looking and too tall and everything to be Bruce Banner. I like Bruce coming from a little guy, regular dude, average guy, to this big. Green Gargantuan. Who's, who's, like your, who's your favorite of the live action uh, Bruce Banners? I got to be honest. I really like, um, I want to say Marco Rubio. You know, Mark Mar- Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, not Marco Rubio. That dude's terrible. <laughs> Marco Rubio. Uh, yeah. Rubio. Uh, what's Marco the guy's Rubio, name? Marco oh, Ruffalo. No. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. There it is. Yeah. So I really like Mark Ruffalo. But yeah. I really liked Edward Norton, too. I thought Edward Norton was great. He reminded me. Mm-hmm. Like Dale Keown's drawings, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I really liked him, but I don't think we've nah, had like I was a not really, a fan of really this movie after I rewatched it. It was a tough watch for me. You don't think we've Very had a really good Hulk yet? Uh, no, I, I don't, don't either. I think the best Hulk movie we've had so far is Ragnarok. Yeah, I, I would I, honestly, I would say that. Um, yeah, which is funny. I, I think there's some weird rights thing where Disney can't make a solo Hulk movie because of who. It's almost it's like Sony. Yeah, Universal. I think it's Universal. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird yeah. that like that one character is has his rights bottled up in a completely different company who doesn't have say Bro, in anything. That's else. why I'm so stoked for the She-Hulk thing because yeah. I'm like, how much Hulk am I going to get on this She-Hulk? I'm I don't get enough Hulk. I'm happy with yeah. Hulk. All the time. Also, I think they should call. Regular Hulk, He Hulk. If we're gonna call She Hulk, She Hulk, we should be called He Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> he Hulk. Like he that. Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, George, sorry. Should we pause because because Kyle's not here? Um. Yeah. Let, let's meander a little bit until Kyle comes back. Okay. Right on. Keep going. So what you got? What else you got, Georgie? Oh, he's back. Wait. He's back, baby. Kyle, can you say something? Uh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, and it even jumped back into the same audio feed, so feeling feeling good. Fantastic. Um, God, what were we I talking about? I made a sick we t- He-Hulk joke. We were talking about who I liked the movie. She-Hulk is called She-Hulk. He should have to be called He-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I we've think gotten that... like a good Bruce Banner yet. I don't think we've gotten... I think... Oh, yeah, Kyle, right. do, you, do you think... Who do you so, think is the best Hulk we've gotten, and do you think we've gotten a good one yet? Wait, are uh, you I saying don't. Hulk or are you saying Bruce Banner? Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Are the two sides of the same coin? I, uh, maybe because I mean, oh Jesus, this. Uh, so I didn't didn't care about Eric Banner's representation of Bruce Banner, um, and I don't know. It's weird. Like coming from about this same era, he was also in like Munich and felt really like vulnerable and badass and like i was like really invested in his character and that couldn't care less about child bruce banner or adult bruce banner right in this movie um mm-hmm. and yeah on the on the same note it's like well who would have been better um as opposed to eric banner it's like literally the two actors that ended up portraying him later and then uh third wild card yeah. from like this same time period 
I maybe would have liked to see Joaquin Phoenix um, be Bruce Bader, just because like Ooh, about the same, um, right around the same age. He's like maybe a couple years younger than those guys, but I feel like he kind of has that like frantic vulnerability um, that you're just like, oh shit, like you're a little bit tortured, but like could also play someone who is. Um, like a scientist who who can play a good dork too, as we saw in like her. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as how, <laughs> when he was Hulk in this movie, there were so many times where his expression was like bored complacence. Like he looked sad <laughs> that he was the Hulk. Um, yeah. Like when uh, he first like goes back to the cabin and Jennifer Connelly goes outside and he's just standing behind a tree. Uh, she's like, what the fuck are <laughs> like you doing? Barely behind a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, didn't want to scare her, but just like visible enough to be seen. Um, I was just like, oh, this is a confusing Hulk to watch. Like, I don't necessarily know what he's experiencing internally. Like, because mm-hmm. he looks just like, I don't know, just nothing there just sad so yeah which is way too docile to still be hulk like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like as calm as he looked behind that tree like why was he still green how come he wasn't back to uh to banner you know what i mean plenty of time plenty of time well because he knew he had to protect betty from the dogs Aaron. yeah no oh he was he was on dog watch i could see him swelling up when the puppies got out there he was on dog watch yeah, it feels watch. like everyone was in a different movie, including Angley. Every time he got the set, he was on a different movie. Um, uh, but that being said, when like it hits, I think it hits really well, and I think there's certain monologues yeah. that hit really well. And yeah. uh, my God, Danny Elfman score, Danny Elfman, dude. Okay, so I got on me. I got some fun facts for you guys because uh, this movie came out in 2003, which was like the heyday, I think, of like DVD special features. Oh yeah. And so all those were included. I watched uh, I watched it on, on Blu-ray and oh all those features came over. Um, guess who mo-capped the Hulk for a majority of the performance? I should know the oh, answer to this, so I'm not going to guess. It was Ang I Lee. Person. <laughs> it was Ang really? Lee. Yeah, it was Ang Lee. Like he would complain. Yeah, he, he would like see he would see actors and he would just be like, No, you're not doing it right. You gotta be more like this. And then it got to the point where he's just like, fuck it, I'll do it. And so he did the motion capture for uh, for the Hulk, which I think is just like fascinating. Like it's like the idea of like a director being like, "No, you're not kissing her passionately enough. It needs to be more like this." Like any excuse for him to be like, "You know, you're not smashing hard enough. It's got to be more like this." And then he would just be in like a mocap suit and be like, "You really need to fa- like flail your arms, like just doing all this bullshit." Uh, so when that- I when I looked that up and saw that, I was like, "Why didn't they get fucking Andy Serkis? What was he up to?" And then I was like, "Lord of the Rings." So. Uh, originally, he has a he has a composer that he normally works with that he did like Ice Storm with and, and shit mm-hmm. like that, and I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and uh, he was actually not used for the com- uh, composition. That's why we got Danny Elfman, who is just coming off of Spider Man, who also did like the Batman themes. Like that dude is probably like the king of superhero scores after John Williams, I guess. Right? I would like, say John Elfman, Williams. Did... In terms of he did Superman, but that's like it. Yeah, but I think that one's more iconic than what Danny Elfman's done. I, I Batman, Batman is probably Batman, as... Batman's my go-to. The, the Tim Batman score, yeah. But yeah. Uh, because he was fired, he had 37 days to do the score. 
And so he did it in like a little, like a month and a week, which is just it's incredible. Incredibly impressive. It sounded yeah. a lot like Spider-Man though, so. It sure did. And it had, it had some notes from like the Bill Bixby Hulk series, which I appreciated, but they also like used a lot of stuff from the previous composer, which is like the, all the like uh, chanting and stuff like the Arabic chanting that happened right. when they yeah. went to the desert. Like that was from the previous composer. He, he wanted to do a lot of like Eastern and African music, the original composer, and then Elfman <laughs> yep. came in and gave. Why more. would that happen in the desert? What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> and where was I, was that say, that felt very non-Elfman. Yeah, there's like so many behind-the-scenes features where it's like Ang Lee is like yelling at Elfman. He's just like, "No, that sounds too much like Danny Elfman. Be less Danny Elfman," <laughs> which I just think is really funny to say to Danny Elfman. Uh, <laughs> he was, do you think he was yelling at Scott Weiland? You sound too no. much like Scott Weiland, be Scott. You sound too much like Velvet Revolver. Like we just want Stone Temple Pilots. Like be be the be better you. Be the better version of you. Be best. Can I read some um, of the uh, I couldn't... insane? Um, Eric Bana has like a couple quick production notes from the Wikipedia. I don't know if anyone else okay. uh, saw it, but just contributing to I think the. Uh, the, the flavor of the set. Uh, Eric Bana commented that the shoot was ridiculously serious, a silent set, and morbid in a lot of ways. Ang Lee told him that he was shooting <laughs> a, a Greek tragedy, that he would be making a whole other movie about the Hulk. An example of Lee's art house approach to the film was taking Bana to watch a bare knuckle boxing match. <laughs> Bana would later disfavorably <laughs> reflect on his experience making the film as the majority of the time he was working indoors while the rest of the cast interacted with a CGI recreation of the Hulk, <laughs> completely limiting his screen time. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, also... The dog fight you guys hate so much. It was originally storyboarded. It had 200 storyboards and they're like, bro, we like fucking can't afford to make this scene. And so they had to cut it from 200 down to 60. And like so much of like the, uh, the behind the scenes interviews is just like Ang Lee being like, yeah, I was sad, but it, it meant we just got the best of the dog fight. And I was like, this was the best of the dog fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I didn't hate the dog fight. I'm like, finally. I'm like, let let's get some action going. Cause there was no action in that movie till that dog fight. Yeah. None. Let's let's jump ahead. Let's talk about best fight scene. Um so the first fight scene was the dog fight scene. Mm-hmm. The next fight scene, I I guess was him in the desert, right? Like it was him like escaping the base, which I'm gonna for its own purposes, I'm gonna count that as one fight. Right. And then outside of the base, there was him fighting the tanks. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the next level of hell after that was him fighting the helicopters. Yeah, that was cool. And then after that, it was him fighting uh, like the F-22, like the, the airplane as he was like in San Francisco and like jumped mm-hmm. on it so it could safely go under the bridge. And then they went up to like the stars. Like th- that scene is incredible. I thought like, that's a cool scene. Re- yeah, really yeah. well done. Very cool. And then um, the final fight scene was like him against his dad, which laughable for a, like a, a climactic fight scene, but like probably the most poignant moment. Of, yeah, it's the elements. Yeah, like the catharsis of, of his relationship with his father. Uh, Aaron, you complained about um, like not having like a villain for him to fight. And I think it's really interesting because like his father was basically a composite of three different villains from mm-hmm. uh, like the comic lore. 
Right. Uh, so like his dad, like getting a job as like a janitor being ultra smart, that was kind of influenced by the leader. Like that was like, okay. they took that element of the leader and made that work. And then that one scene where he finally like irradiates himself and gets powers. And like, he, you know, is like attaching himself to like the steel grates. That's right. him being like Creel, like him being like absorbing man. Okay. And then the final scene where he's like becoming like lightning elemental, that was him. I can't pronounce his character's name because I've only ever read it, but it's like Zajix, I think, where it's like the the lightning guy that he fights. That's and so it's him you going through like Hulk. three three stages. So our it's biggest problem is the Hulk just doesn't have good villains to fight. Is that what it is? I think it was Ang Lee trying to make these fights be metaphorical instead of literal. Yeah. I think that no, was I mean, the, the, Hulk, the Hulk's only got three good villains, and it's the dogs. <laughs> it's <laughs> the poodle, the mastiff, and the Doberman. Yeah, <laughs> the poodle was like, very no, funny with the big muscles. We know leader. We know abomination. <laughs> it's a yeah. gamma dude, radiated look. mutant poodle, not played for laughs. <laughs> yeah, dude, they were so <laughs> proud of that. They said that that was the. Industrial Light and Magic, they were so proud. They said that was like the most complicated thing they'd ever done. And they were like bragging in the behind the scenes feature saying like, yeah, that poodle alone that had over a million and a half hairs on it. And it's like, probably should have chosen a cooler dog. <laughs> like, uh, poodles uh, suck, period. I hate fucking poodles. I'm, I'm Look, pretty anti-poodle too. If that honest. poodle's name poodles was Lily. Good. It was the leader of the pack. It was the smartest one because that sure. poodle was sticking to the mission. It was going after after Betty. Lily's um, a nice dog name, though. I like the name Lily. Casting, casting, what ifs, really quickly. Uh, I couldn't really find a lot of behind the scenes like uh, drama for this movie. Like there was a lot of features, but like they didn't talk about like the possibilities. Uh, apparently, Billy Crudup just straight up turned down the role. What would he? he have been doing like Big Fish around then. He, he was I think so. Fish. Yeah, he also played uh, yeah, Doctor Manhattan in the Watchmen movie. Yeah, finally, okay. finally got that comic book check. Uh, yeah, he was the lead guitarist in Almost Famous. I thought you were going to say the name of a band, and I was like, going to be like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> lead guitarist in Panic at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise apparently was offered the role, too. A banner? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they wanted him, probably. They were probably yeah. like, let's get Tom Cruise. Uh, Johnny Depp, Jeff Goldblum. Johnny Depp was a guy I thought of, and I know he's like yeah. a, a shitty dude, but uh, at this time, I could have seen Johnny Depp playing like a really tortured. This was back when like Johnny Depp was doing interesting things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could have seen him playing a role like this. I could see him doing Banner. He, I thought he would be. Yeah, a good I thought him or Ewan McGregor. Those are the two at the time. Oh, Ewan McGregor's a good. Oh, call. Ewan McGregor, yeah. that's a good idea too. Yeah. My favorite of the what ifs, uh, David Duchovny. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, he would have been. He, brought, he's, he was like a sex addict, so he could yeah. have brought back to the role. As well. And another thing, those guys that you mentioned, I can imagine them be, being the smartest guy in the room. Watching yeah, this movie, yeah. At no point did I feel like Eric Banner was the smartest guy in the room. No, like that's a bad representation of Doctor Banner. This dude is brilliant, brilliant. So he had like his relationship with Josh Lucas. I thought was really weird. Um, like anytime they were in the room together. I never felt like Banna was scared of Josh Lucas. Right? Like the, the yeah. not Matthew McConaughey guy. Like oh, the, the yeah. weapons engineer. Oh, because well, he, he just looked, looked like he could yeah. beat the shit out of the guy. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Eric Banna's like a pretty buff dude. Yeah. Like and like I said, he would smash that dude. Like, get out of here. Yeah. 
Yeah, when he's got him, like, cornered in the cell and he's like, oh, things could go wrong here and I could fucking beat you to a pulp. It's like, while my you? whole body's in the damn cast. <laughs> Come on, man. I take also, one, do one, one Russian leg sweep. He going down and I can step <laughs> over him and keep moving. Also, that cell, that was just, like, the cerebral hallway from X-Men, right? Did they exactly. just use that? Where they just like, oh shit, we still got this. Let's just go into the cerebral hallway. I didn't. Even I it. felt so much <laughs> X Men watching this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine the production design was just like, well, X Men did really well, so well, yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> also, the, like the that. evil, the evil base in the second and third act uh, looked a lot like the evil base uh, Doctor Evil's lair from Awesome Powers. Dude, <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> someone would be stuck in a hallway trying to do like a wide turn. Dude, apparently that's. That scene showing the map took them three months to design. Apparently, like they were, just, they just like could could not decide like, well, the layout. Like we got to make it make sense. It's like you actually don't. This is a movie about a giant green dude punching things or not yeah. punching things <laughs> when we want him to. So like you yeah. actually don't have to spend three months. I like when he got gooped. Remember, he got gooped in the goop hardens, yeah. <laughs> and then he got out of the goop. Oh, I hated it. Speaking of Doctor yeah. Evil, all of those dudes who worked for uh, Ross. Yeah. And they were their uniforms look like Doctor Evil uniforms or like Mini Me, like the dude with the ball head who was operating computers with the gray suit <laughs> with the collarless. I'm like, what the fuck yeah, are we doing over here? <laughs> we we talked about like how this movie is so interesting visually. There's like so many transitions and just like cross cuts. Like there some that I wrote mm-hmm. down that that just stood out to me. Like in the opening credits when like um uh, his mother tells his father that like she's pregnant and she's gonna have a baby. It like does like a a circle view, like a cross cut on her face, yeah. and then it pulls out. So it's like a crowning shot because it goes from her telling her her husband that like she's pregnant into her actually delivering the baby. And I just thought yeah. that was like genuinely funny. Yeah. yeah, that's great. When they're when they're flying out to the military base, there's like this great scene of like there's just like a black bar that starts and it looks like a normal crossfade, but the black bar is actually like the blades of the helicopter from like the, the Mm. scene that's transitioning from the bottom. I thought that looked great. And then um, so many shots of just like eyes and like the moon too, where it was like a, like uh, Shane Andalou, like that old, like silent film. Yeah. Like, um, uh, you cut the cow's eye. Yeah, Buhol, I, th- yeah, I think, yeah. from Spain. Uh, and so it's just so many, like, just layered references in this movie that I thought were just, like, visually, Aaron, I'm, I'm glad, like, you can say the movie's bad, but, like, it's one of the most, like, interesting-looking things probably oh, in the last was, 20 years. Visually, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, um, I can't I can't say it wasn't. But, um, and I really liked the way it looked. But um, also, just real quick, you mentioned the eyes. That was another thing I noticed. Every time they showed this dude's eyes, every time we've ever seen the Hulk eyes, as soon as he's getting angry or turning green, the eyes flip green. That shit didn't happen till the very end of this movie when he's in Bogota or wherever he had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why yeah. you go? But the thing is, why show so many eye shots without giving us that? Why would you show the entire movie like twelve hundred close up on his eyes? And never turn green, and then you have it at one, the very end of the thing. I thought there was one when, like, the eye scene I remember is from when he when he gets hit with the gamma, whatever, 30, 40 minutes into the that movie. That could be. Um, Maybe it happened show, to him. I don't uh, remember that, but that's not but when he hulked out. Like, when, when somebody hulks TV out, show, no. No, on the TV series, when anytime, and even in comic books and cartoons, when he's about to go green, his eyes go green first, and then he goes green. Yeah. That's how it is, period. And that's how it's always been. And then in this movie, 
they would go straight to his eyes as he's about to turn green, but his eyes wouldn't flip green. And then the very end of the movie, I mean, I know it sounds like a little thing or nit, nitpicky, but it's not when you look at the whole world of the Hulk and what it's always been. And if you you're like a crazy, if you're like a Hulk super fan, like you are, I get it. Well, yes, clearly. Yeah, but my thing is, they made it's like they made a point to zoom in and show this, and then not show it until the very, very end of the scene. I mean, very, very end of the movie in the final scene, where he says, you know, the, where he delivers the Hulk line, you know, from in uh, Spanish. Yeah, big, yeah, in Spanish, exactly. Um. Okay, so I'm going to say best fight scene is him fighting the plane in San Francisco. I just thought that one was the most interesting one. Mm. I I actually like the elemental one, if I'm being honest. Okay. I like when he... um, Go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. Um, I'll I'll save mine, because I... I've got, I've got a twofer for the next category. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, I like when he was uh, fighting the tanks, I guess. And when he ripped off the first tank and like used it like a bat kind of thing. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That looked That's pretty good. That's a classic comic book. For, yeah. for 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like that. All right, so Kyle, you want to save it for the next category, which is best tug on the heartstring? Um, yeah, I'm going to, since this is, uh, it's an Ang Lee film first and a superhero movie second. Uh, I think the best fight scene and best tug on the heartstring is when uh, Bruce and his dad are just in that like empty hangar. Uh, like Bruce has been uh, captured and yep. it is uh, like, they are very well lit in their chairs, but otherwise they are in like pitch black darkness Dark. and yeah. <laughs> um, they're just fucking screaming at each other. Like it was, it was fascinating. It was like a stage play about like an adult child and his father, like um, rehashing like this buried trauma. It was uh, like, I thought that was the most interesting uh, scene in the movie. Uh, I thought it looked like an acting workshop. That's actually my favorite scene in the movie. And I think it has my favorite line too, which we'll go over when, when we get to favorite quotes, but it has my favorite line okay. as well. Might be the same. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, what was the most emotional scene to you? Seeing that poodle die. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about that poodle. Let's see. <laughs> Michael Vick had to be watching this movie like, Really? Really? Y'all get new shit? Oh, so it's cool when he does it. <laughs> it's all right when he does it. Yeah. I thought about the uh, the meme of uh, what's the man Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. <laughs> that's immediately what I thought of. Oh, right there. That's it. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm honestly, I didn't think anything that really pulled on the heartstrings. Maybe, maybe the scene where he's a kid and he re- remembers watching his mom. You know, his mom uh, get killed by his dad yeah. or watching his mom fall just before the explosion when he's as a little baby. But nothing really tugged at my heartstrings in this movie. I was annoyed. Yeah, as much as I love Jennifer Connelly in everything and, and she she's just she's forever a goat. Um, there was zero chemistry, I thought, between her and uh, um, Eric Bana. I thought there's way more chemistry between uh Liv Tyler and uh, Edward Norton. 
in okay, uh, yeah. his movie. Yeah. But yeah, I just didn't get I, I didn't get anything between the two of them. And um, yeah, even as much as like I and I like uh, I thought Sam Elliott was a pretty good Thunderbolt Ross. Like I think he was right up there with William Hurt. But uh, Sam Elliott was greatest Thunderbolt. That Ross. was great. Yeah, I mean, he's just Sam Elliott, and he's fucking he's he's crushing it. So. He's pretty good at playing a general. I'm, I'm always yeah. in. I think he he didn't want to take the role because he thought it was too similar to what he did in We Were Soldiers, like the year before. Mm. But then it turns out yeah. just like saying Ang Lee wants you in this movie. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be in this movie then. Yeah, I mean, this is Ang Lee coming off Crouching Tiger, and this is what Ang Lee did before Brokeback. Like, a very weird... That dude's had a weird career. And his last two movies were fucking Gemini Man, and then the uh, that... that <laughs> The fucking football movie that was filmed in like 120 frames per second, whatever the fuck that was. was <laughs> like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron's 50 yard walk. What was that movie named? Oh, that was him. Nope, that's not it. Uh, Brian Lynn's Brian Lynn's long <laughs> halftime walk. No, no idea what that is. <laughs> was that even? A, that wasn't a football movie. It was it? That was about a soldier coming back from. A war. That's what like what football movie town? Nineteen-year-old <laughs> Billy Lynn is brought home for a victory tour after a harrowing Iraq battle. Uh, through flashbacks, the film shows what really happened to his squad, contrasting the realities of war with America's perceptions. Yeah, that brought not filmed football. in hundred twenty frames per second, like the Hobbit movies. The movie is the movie was nauseating. I did not understand what was going on in that movie. I was also like fucking. <laughs> I was like, like I'm like, I was fucking Ragnarok high. It was like the end of days for me. So I watched this movie. I think I have this thing where, where if you're gonna put more frames in your movie, I'm gonna get more high when I watch it. Doesn't matter what it is. It's like, a, it's almost like a Cold War escalation. You're like, oh, right, you're gonna do 60 frames per second. Well, I got something for you. I, and then I, have bad like, t- I have a bad time every time. <laughs> I was thinking like a like a golfer's like handicap. Like, oh, you're gonna do this at 120. It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna be at uh, 80 mg. I'm, like, just... I'm only gonna see a fourth of the frame, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, for most emotional scene, uh, I got a weird one, but um, like, there's that one scene where it's like he looks at the picture of of Jennifer Connelly. And he like reflects back on her telling him about a dream. And that's one thing. Like they just talk about dreams a lot in this movie. They showed a lot of dreams in this shit too. They really do. Yeah. Uh, But like they're talking about this and then she like recites a dream and she talks about like a a repressed memory of her being at like the military base that they were both kids at unbeknownst to both of them. And she is just like, yeah, so I'm like, there, like screaming, crying. And then all of a sudden, um, like you show up and then like you pick me up and then you just start like choking me. And uh, I thought the scene where he was the Hulk and then like picking her up and putting her on the car, like as like a reflection of that, mm-hmm. like not necessarily that part, but then later in the movie where like he actually starts choking her like the dream. And it was like, yeah. I thought that part was just like yeah. really, really yeah. well done. Um, I don't know how good it was, but it was done. Good. Yeah. And that, that's uh, the one that pulls out her charge strings. Well, just because like it was like her biggest like you know subconscious fear, and then just like having it come okay. true, and just being like, oh, this thing that like he promised would never happen was actually happening. Yeah, and then right. like and him I, him right. seeing that, and then realizing just like, oh fuck, what am I doing? Like that part I thought was like him recognizing yeah. he him being his own monster. I thought was a, a powerful scene. And That's uh, as dumb as as dumb as the dogfight is, in my opinion, um, I I did like that sort of clear like King Kong moment uh, before. Oh yeah. He picks her up and puts her on. And that was like before, you know, Peter Jackson's King Kong. So it was kind of before we were inundated right. with 
This is mm. before the King Kong Assance. <laughs> I'm here for all the King Kongs. I love King Kong. Yeah, I, I, I get. I, 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 I agree with you, George. I, I agree with what you're saying. That makes sense. I like that one too. I might, I might change mine to yours. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that scene. Also, backup was like him hulking out in San Francisco, and then Betty coming down like the uh, like Viejo steps, and like immediately yeah, calling yeah. him down. That scene I yeah. thought was pretty powerful. Also, I used to work three blocks away from there because I was right at like uh, Vallejo and uh, Montgomery, mm-hmm. and I used to work at uh, Vallejo and Union, which was or not mm-hmm. Union. Also, all those soldiers were not tired enough from running off those hills. Those hills, yeah, so seriously, steep. they've never been there. They're they so steep. What yeah, that, that uh, close to Coit Tower, fuck yeah, they would be exhausted. Yeah, but also, r- real quick, um, I think another uh, a scene that was really that was re- really good. Um, like you said, when when she comes down the steps and she's looking over her sh- over his shoulder as they're hugging. And then she like realizes, oh my god, this dude is fucked because he's got all of these people behind him. It's not just you know he's got the whole army. Who knows what they're going to do to him next kind of thing? Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, I put you in harm's way, kind of. That's the yeah. expression she gave. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly gave a little bit in this movie. Now that I think about it, now that I revisit, uh, she's great. Yeah, she's she, never, she never gives less than one hundred percent. I don't. I don't agree with Marty. I thought they actually had good chemistry because I think it's like like probably impossible if you're straight or bi to like not have chemistry with Jennifer Connelly. Like I, like Eric Bana, I don't know what he's into. Like, I don't don't know if he's straight or not, but like, I think Jennifer Connelly is like attracted enough to transcend sexual and just be like, Oh, as a person, I just want to be, I just, I just want to be close to you. And so I I thought they had decent chemistry. I I like her more than, you know, she's been married to for like the last 20 years. Yeah. Paul Bettany, baby. Yeah. The vision. Viz. The vision. vision. She's been married to the vision. You know, from Wimbledon, came out That's in 2003 yeah. also. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Just, I told y'all about movies. throwing out these names random, dog, and I told you. I'm, no, no, I'm getting one, ready for the U.S. Open. The <laughs> getting ready for the U.S. Open. What, uh, if, if uh, pre-MCU, if you could have had this Hulk in a team-up movie with another superhero from a Marvel movie that mm-hmm. had existed in this period, which mm-hmm. one would you have wanted? Colossus. Did you want Colossus? Was Colossus yep. an X three, right? Isn't X three and X? He had a he had like a small cameo in X two. Okay, that's right. That's all we need. Uh, <laughs> I like to see him and, him and Hugh Jackman futzing around. Oh yeah. Well, yes. I mean, Hulk versus Wolverine is always one of my favorite things. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I would have gone with Fantastic Four. He looked really funny next to fucking Chickless's Ben Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, any any relevant era team up you would have liked to see? Um, when did Morbius come out? I was at the grocery that's store. Y'all go quit dogging my Morbius movie, dude. I think that movie is better than y'all. Oh, we're, I, we're getting there. We're thing. coming for him. Yeah, I ran, I ran to my local grocery store today, and uh, at the end cap of an aisle, 
there was a, a paper, like a cardboard DVD stand for Morbius, and there was yeah. there was no movies in it. <laughs> I don't know if it sold out or if it just never stuck. Or I thought there was an employee there who put it like it's all like fucking. I, you know, I, shit. So I have to imagine one of them. Put it they there. had a recall. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I uh, I would prefer to think that it was just um, that's like all part of their marketing is that they never actually printed any DVDs or Blu-rays. They only printed out the cardboard to send a story. Like, wow, I, think that in, I think that end cap was for a new type of Cheeto. The Morbius edition <laughs> Cheetos that sold out. That's what it was. Alright. Next category, was this movie too early, too late, or just right? Marty said earlier that it wasn't even too early, it was too out of time. There was nothing was like a, this. It was it was just like the wrong the wrong multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie was way too early. I think this movie coming out today, especially with like more advanced CGI and like with a better understanding of what audiences want. Uh, this is going to tie into my next question, which is what was the movie missing? Like it just needed more like actual Hulk interactions. Right, like protecting Betty from the dogs is like I guess technically a fight. Him fighting Thunderbolt Ross is I guess comic book accurate, but like not super satisfying displays we had of, of some type Hulk of power. Hulk display earlier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We well, I got this forty-one minutes to get to the. I got this in my movie. notes. That the first Hulk was at forty-two minutes, but like he, that was like completely shot in the in like a dimly lit hallway and mm-hmm. angley said he wanted to do that as like a reference to like the first couple of issues of hulk where he was gray because right. that apparently was like too hard of a color to print for okay. the time and so that's why they made him green after but like this was supposed to be like an homage to the gray hulk from the early issues so okay. we see hulk at 42 minutes but then it's 57 minutes before we actually see like a lit hulk mm-hmm. which is too long in a yeah, two-hour and eighteen-minute movie, fifty-seven minutes before you see Green Hulk is too long. Yeah. Also, didn't need two hour and eighteen minutes. No, hell no, yeah. not when you spend four of it doing credits. Yeah, I yeah, I can't imagine um, what what this would look like, like this project um, and kind of this concept, what it would look like now. I, I feel like at the time, like. Uh, man, it was, it took a lot of big swings. Like this was definitely already just kind of on the timeline of like superhero movies, part of that like growing pains period where they're really figuring out like what audiences want. And uh, this like missed the mark in a lot of ways, but um, also did, wasn't afraid to like do so much, uh, so much more in the process. So I I feel like um, Hulk, you know, Hulk walked so that uh, Ben Affleck as Daredevil could fly. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the only Marvel movie that I think comes close to this in terms of playing with form in a really interesting way is Across the Spider- or Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It's an anime movie, so, like, it kind of doesn't count. Well, it does count. I mean, the movie's incredible. One of my favorite movies in the last 20 years. Uh, That's my favorite comic book anything movie. That's the one. I I honestly might agree with that. Like, it's so fucking good, and I'm so excited for those next two movies. Um, But that's, like, the the thing that I think of when I was watching this. I was like, man, this is, like, this is doing weird things with form in the same way that Into the Spider-Verse did. Right. I think it was too late just because I would much rather have had this Hulk movie or any Hulk movie in 95 
what I would have looked been like. Dead. What would that have looked like? What would Hulk have looked like? <laughs> so no, this one. Put this movie in '95. It would okay, have been well, fantastic. The, the technology wasn't there. I, so, I did some. I did some <laughs> research. I did some <laughs> research. Joe Johnson was attached to direct this movie in 1997, oh, which yeah. was Rocketeer. like the guy who did Rocketeer, did Jumanji, mm-hmm. and Captain America One. Uh, um, oh, and so he was attached to direct, and then it just like kept falling apart, and then. Uh, like it, it just went through so many rewrites too. Like this movie was written to death, and like they had like a subplot where he's fighting terrorists. They had like a plot where he was fighting the leader, and so like all that shit just got cut out as soon as Ang Lee come on because came on because he just wanted like a more dramatic. Like he wanted to basically just make like King Lear almost right, where it's like two fathers instead of two daughters, <laughs> right? And it, it's so it's, yeah. it's just kind of like an inverse there, and or it's like if King Lear in like uh what is it Tempest had a baby, right? Because like yeah. Banner's dad is kind of like he's not as angry as Prospero, but like you know he's like as magical as Prospero. Super confusing sure, shit. Yeah, yeah, like all all these influences that that inspired it. Um, and so I wonder what the Joe Johnson movie would have looked like. There was one point where I think the the writer was at the time Michael France, and he was just like, yeah, I think they kind of want to make it more like I was getting conflicting directions. Like they say like make it more serious, but they also said make it more funny. I think they wanted Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler to be in it, like to be the Hulk, to make it more of like one a, of the mask, a schlocky comedy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I would have taken Ben. Uh, what's what's the Ben Stiller? He'd have been fine as Banner. <laughs> God, uh, thing, Adam Sandler does have, when I'm angry. Yeah. Adam, Adam Sandler does love oversized gym shorts. So yeah. he would have been really good as like Banner post transformation. Yeah. Also, yeah, would have saved him money on costumes. Yeah. Uh, this next segment is brought to you by our sponsor. So we'll be right back after you hear from them. We've talked about them a bunch, and guess what? Now they're a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Jack Lopin First Edition. Two bars that are both home to some of the friendliest people I've ever met that happen to make some of the best cocktails I've ever had. Jackalope on the corner of Post and Polk Street in San Francisco is the bar that's semi-responsible for bringing this podcast together. That's where I met Marty. That's where I met Aaron. That's where I met Sean. That's where I met Kyle. And that's where Ali and I have capped off more nights than we'd care to admit. It is a fantastic space that's home to some of my fondest memories. First Edition is a comic theme bar conveniently located a block away from the 19th Street and Oakland BART station. For good bartenders, good vibes, and even gooder drinks, please hit them up the next time you're in the East Bay. With daily drink specials, pub trivia, guest bartending that always supports a meaningful cause, Jackalope and First Edition are two venues that Shortbox Summary and most of its guests cannot recommend enough. The next time you're in San Francisco or Oakland and need a cocktail or a cool place to get a break from the world, please head to Jackalope on the corner of Post and Poke in the heart of the Polk Gulch neighborhood. And if you're in the East Bay, maybe you just caught a show at the Fox or Paramount Theaters, please head to First Edition to unwind and talk about whatever awesomeness you just saw. Thank you to both Jackalope and First Edition for supporting Shortbox Summary. And we're back. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Jackalope, for for helping support the pod. Uh, This next category, uh, this is a weird audible. I added it without telling you guys. This is weirdest thing I found on the trivia page on IMDb. Um, So apparently Nick Nolte used an oxygen tank throughout the production. Eric Bana recalled a moment where after taking a hit of oxygen on set, Nolte turned to Bana and confided, quote, I don't really need this. It just makes them think you're fucking crazy and they pay attention. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what Frank Booth did in Blue Velvet. That's what yeah. uh, Dennis Hopper did in that movie. So <laughs> it's good enough for Dennis Hopper. It's good enough for Nick Nolte. 18 out of 18 people found that interesting on IMDb, including myself. <laughs> so. Vote early, vote often. <laughs> All right, we are in the third act of this podcast now. Uh, segment, uh, next segment, questions about the movie slash logic slash hole poking. Um, Bruce and Betty talk about dreams a lot. Is that really what people did before cell phones? I was too young to really have like important in-depth conversations. But they just, uh, so much about this movie just revolves around dreams and aspirations and hopes and forgotten memories. And it kind of like blurs the lines between all of those. And so I was just, I couldn't remember the last time I talked to a friend about a dream I had. Do we not remember our dreams as well? Because we're like inundated with technology and we look at our phones as the last thing before bed and the first thing is we wake up? No, I remember dreams. Okay, my mistake. Maybe it's just me. And maybe you don't get enough. Maybe you don't get deep enough sleep, bro. You're not getting. I, I don't because I fucking like I start choking in my sleep. I think I got sleep apnea. Oh, you got apnea, man! You better get I that mask. Bro. I need. I need to get myself one of those CPAPs. That's right. Yeah. Like I got. Yeah. Get after it. Get a pap smear. Yeah, our sponsor pap smears. <laughs> get a CPAP smear. <laughs> uh, I didn't say I wanted cream cheese on my bagel. I said I wanted to fucking breathe better. And I, I, okay, I said CPAP smear, not CPAP schmear, just so we're 100% clear. Um, CPAP from the ribbon. This stood out to me. Uh, if you break up with someone and they still have the keys to your house, are they allowed to use them if your work had been destroyed? Because like it, the movie starts with like his friend acknowledging like, oh yeah, you and Betty broke up, that sucks. And then, like, uh, the first time he hulks out, he, like, fucks up his office and then runs away. Which also, like, another thing that I think aged really well about this movie, they shot, because technology was where it was, like, they, like, actually exploded the office and then just, like, animated in a Hulk. As opposed to, like, doing everything animation. Like, I just think this movie looks really good. Like, when Nick Nolte gets his powers and, like, his hand is, like, actually stuck to, like, the steel. I thought that, that scene looked cool. really good. Yeah, that was cool. Like, they just, they just did a good job. But if your office, like... Kyle, I, this is tough now because you're you're married to naps. But like, if you and naps were dating and you guys had broken up and like Jackalope had exploded and she still had the keys to your apartment, is that an okay thing for her to do to use the keys to get into your apartment to to see if you're okay about Jackalope exploding? No, um, I think that's <laughs> that is a that's a that's a hard boundary that it's like you no longer live there. If you have the keys, it's like because of an oversight. It's it's not an open invitation later to like come on by. Depends on the breakup though, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I, mean I have like keys so to my parents' house. Still cool. But yeah, I'm not about to like slide into my parents' house just because I have the keys. Like, I that would be a, a last resort. Um, yeah. Bruce, what if your parents' Bruce favorite bar explodes? <laughs> oh, okay. your parents favorite bar explodes so, you that's, that's <laughs> what if your parents nuclear reactor project at berkeley explodes yeah uh that already happened they were uh fine. next questions <laughs> okay so, well, yeah you're you're bay area local so it makes sense you guys went through this back in 2003 uh so there's three layers to the hulk right so he's got weird genetics from his dad when his dad was experimenting on himself and then those genes passed on to, to Bruce. And then he sees a gamma bomb as a four-year-old, right? Which I assume that has to be like some kind of exposure. And then uh, like the gamma exposure as an adult, as he's protecting 
his his coworker. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I almost wish it were more incidental as opposed to just like him being like. I think he could have had an abusive father without the Hulk being a byproduct of explicit abuse. If that makes sense. Like the fact that like his dad was fucking with his genes, like helped unlock the Hulk. Like that part just kind of like felt unnecessarily complicated to me. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. And those flashbacks were kind of complicated because they kind of like, not Rashomon it, but like filled in as we saw them. Mm -hmm. It was like, what was this about? Why were they fighting? Oh, he killed her. Oh, he killed her because he wanted to kill himself. Oh, and then he exploded. Yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. lived close to Betty Ross all your life, apparently, and like your dads know each other, but it like it ultimately doesn't culminate in anything that uh, that's interesting. It's like, oh, actually, Betty's your sister, or like, there's nothing like that. <laughs> um, Thank God, that could have gotten weird. <laughs> that's what I was showing no. up for. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I just, again, I just finished Game of Thrones, so I was all for, like, like you're his, are you his aunt? As long as we're asking the, the hard questions, there's that scene after he hulks out for the first time where he's, like, him and, and Betty are eating together, and she's just, like, kind of watching him eat, and he has, like, a plate of chicken that he has destroyed, like a junkyard dog. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, like, supposed to portray, like, his voraciousness after he hulks out, like, oh, man, I got to get some yeah. calories. He just looks like a psychopath, like, just tearing chicken <laughs> into, like, confetti. It was just a, such a confusing scene, which maybe that was, like, it was supposed to uh, convey anxiety rather than, like, he's a hungry boy, but uh, real yeah. confusing to watch. I don't think he's just a hungry boy. I thought well, he was I mean, just a hungry boy. The whole the, the table when her dad walks in, it's like, hold on, this dude had a buffet and just mashed through everything and was just on this chicken now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's I mean? also like old Chinese food cartons. Uh, there's, right. There's like ma right. half-eaten plate of mashed potatoes. It gets pretty. I took it like the Flash trying to. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what your friend ate after he came down from seeing this movie on an edible. He probably exactly. did like this, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he threw up everything in the theater. You got to carb up. Yeah, <laughs> gotta yeah, pasta load the night before. Marty, is that also what your spread looked like after you saw uh, the half mile walk of Bobby Lynn or whatever that movie was called? <laughs> I think I ended up just taking like an Uber, a very awkward Uber ride back to my apartment, and not well, like being worried that I'd speak to him, and then like crawling under my sheets for the rest of the night. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> There's too many frames. That was too many frames. I didn't, I didn't compensate enough for those frames. <laughs> Uh, last question. Uh, is Sam Elliott a war criminal for destroying those rocks slash Monument Valley? I mean, I think Monument Valley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you if I, you destroy I, a national park slash like wonder of the world. Yeah. That makes you a war but, criminal, right? But if your name's Thunderbolt, who's gonna like reprimand you? That's like a very cool nickname. Also, who's gonna be surprised? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what we expected. <laughs> yeah, wasn't a very good plan to begin with, so I'm gonna say war criminal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, gotta be war criminal. Uh, what did this movie change? I think this movie was, like I said, ahead of its time. I think it was too smart for its own good, and I think it kind of dumbed down comic book movies for a couple years. 
because this came out in 2003. And so I'm just thinking, like, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four 2 came out after this. Like, those seem, like, really simple, despite having, like, bigger casts. Ghost yeah. Rider came out after this. Like, it seemed like they were really, really clear about having, like, a villain to actually fight. But they yeah. weren't as interesting I hate to say this because it's going to sound so pretentious, but like they just weren't as intellectually interesting, right? Like they just, they, they felt like more straightforward adventure movies as opposed to like actual explorations into psyches of characters with these powers. Yeah. But is that why you go to a Hulk movie? Or you no. want to go see shit get fucked up? I want to see shit get fucked up. There's that line in, in How I Met Your Mother where Barney doesn't know he's going to a, to an intervention. He thinks it's a party. And so it's like an alcohol intervention. He like brings a bottle of vodka and they're, he's just like, dude, he's not drinking. He's just like, no one wants to see Bruce Banner, man. They want to see the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finds exactly. out he's at an intervention. And it's incredibly <laughs> awkward. Uh, but yeah, I think this was very much a Bruce Banner movie. And I think that's probably why people either love it or just want to stay away from it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough watch. I don't think I can rewatch it really. Maybe if it's on a Hulk sequence, I'll sit through for a second. You know, if it was on, mm-hmm. I'll, I'd stop. But yeah, well, we probably didn't get a, what, a thinking man's uh, superhero movie until Batman Begins after this. Yeah, and even Which... then, like it was, it was way more scattered throughout that movie. Like this feels like the the entire point of the movie was like processing trauma, whereas that was yeah, like a, tra- a trauma was like a, a lesson to be overcome. Yeah, that was another movie that took forty five minutes to see Batman. Yeah, I'm just saying there are other realms to do your trauma movie. You sure. know what I mean? Just go do yeah, a trauma yeah. movie called a trauma movie. Don't make it the summer blockbuster. It's not yeah. like it came out during you know the holiday season where people give a shit about movies. It was a summer blockbuster where it's supposed to be fun. You're going to the theater, have a good time, watch some shit. Want to see Hulk smash? And Hulk did very little Hulk smash. smash. You want to have some fun with it? You know what I mean? It's a comic book movie. that's why i think like hulk can only work in team movies and like this kind of ties into future plans for the franchise like the next category but like you're just kind of like you're fucked as an audience member at a hulk movie right like a hulk solo movie because like the one thing you want to see as the audience is the hulk right like you want to see this dude just like unleash and, and smash out but like throughout the movie, like the tension is like just how badly Bruce Banner does not want to be the Hulk. So it's like literally watching someone relapse. And so like you see like the thing you want to see and then you automatically feel bad because it's like the one thing the fucking character didn't want. Right. But the movie doesn't have to be about him not wanting to be the Hulk. It could be about shit going down. Only the Hulk could save us. That's like why like the third act of Avengers I think works so well is because like Captain yeah. America just goes and Hulk smash. Right. And so yeah, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. he's giving him permission to just like freak the fuck out as he's opposed to like the second act climax where it's like, you know, him freaking out like on the helicarrier. And, and then Mark yeah. Ruffalo like takes his little Vespa back to Midtown. Like Mark Ruffalo, like willingly goes there and almost gives consent to Hulk to, mm. to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gets, yeah. And then the team leader tells him just, that was one scene I really liked so. about this Hulk movie, where um, he was in there in the the shower scene or in the bathroom brushing his teeth, wipes the skin oh off yeah, and wipes right. yeah, and the Hulk's right there doing the same thing and just reaches through and snatches him. Uh, yeah, that's when he's like passed out when he falls through space. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I forgot. Best line. Um, I have a bunch written that I think are interesting, but I, I think like there's there's no clearer winner than you're making me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I think that's that has the only to be one the I could think of. Yeah, I have three. That's why I said the dialogue oh. in this movie I didn't think was worth a damn. Go ahead, I have yeah, three. Two dumb ones and one I like. Uh, at one point, a scientist when they're trying to like get blood from him, I think says negative on drill penetration, and Josh Lucas says, "Damn it, drill him harder." <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. Uh, number two was when he we first meet Banner and he comes to his office and he's wearing a bike helmet and his sassy partner says, "Were you wearing that helmet when she dumped you?" <laughs> I, think a, I think that's a sick point. Right, also, his right. partner is played by one of the neo Nazis from the last season of Breaking Bad, which I like. Yeah, so on that. And then uh, the the serious one from the the scene Kyle and I were talking about is when Nick Nolte says, "I didn't come to hear you, see you. I came to see my son." Mm-hmm. Like trying to go the go the whole out of him. I thought that was great. And right. Nick he's like yeah, yeah, in yeah. a different movie there. I don't know what he's doing. Well, he's huffing oxygen apparently. Because <laughs> 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 that's exactly what Nick Dolty was doing. But uh, I, I really love that moment. Yeah, wow. fuck. I've got. <laughs> you're just a byproduct of my inexplicable obsession with emotionally mm-hmm. distant men. I like that. <laughs> L- love a good self aware Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. And it's also like, what are you talking about? And then we meet. Sam Elliott, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, ah, I get it. I, gotcha. I get it. I want to, I want to fuck Sam Elliott too. I get why you're so conflicted. I saw Roadhouse. Um, I know what's going on. Yeah. Um, final young, category. Who played the young Sam Elliott? By the way, he did a good job. Very oh Sam shit! Elliott. Yeah, that's actually that's that's a great point. Final thing I want to talk about, like positively for this movie, I like that they use different actors for different stages of these people people's lives yeah. as opposed to just All doing like it. you know makeup and what. Twenty five year old Sam Elliott would have looked very funny, or a twenty five year old Nick Dolte. <laughs> very funny. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Well, because like Rogue One came out in what twenty sixteen. Right, twenty seventeen. Twenty Rogue One was twenty seventeen. Fuck. Okay. No, no, no. Twenty seventeen was last Jedi. Yeah, twenty sixteen. You're right. And like the Princess Leia stuff, then still looked kind of awkward and stilted, and like the Peter Cushing stuff, still looked stilted and awkward. And so I'm trying to imagine that shit in 2003, and I just I can't picture it. So like, Scorsese made it look weird in The Irishman, and he's yeah, even later, yeah. So yeah, you know what? But it was. It, it didn't look totally weird to me in the Irishman. It was just one thing that stood out to me. The Irishman is the homie had blue eyes. I'm like, what the fuck is De Niro doing with Why are eyes? you obsessed with eyes? What's going on? What's, we got to Eyes are about windows to the soul, bro. That's the funny <laughs> thing. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> you fucking done me there. That's, yeah. Roasted me. It's the only part of your brain that you see. Oh. Final your category. They're fully sized when you're a baby. Oh, your face oh. grows around it. Uh, Kyle, did you would, were, did you have that same line, or did you have a different line from? Oh, mine were uh, mine were different. Um, yeah, the the line from the the original trailer, which was uh, that they I was surprised they actually used it in the movie, which was uh, you know what scares me the most when I can't fight it anymore, when I totally lose control, I like it. Um, I thought that was mm. like perfect mm. encompassment okay, yeah. of of that character yep. and what their struggle is. Um, but also when he's talking to. Uh, his dad and his dad says, the more you fight, the more of you I take. Um, I thought that was uh, pretty also just, yep. Real solid representation of like their relationship that um, the more the toxic Bruce, masculinity. And, uh, yeah. Loses control. Like he is physically taking his power, but um, also like him, Bruce losing himself um, 
and becoming like more just uh just this angry like <laughs> angry man as he is referred to twice in the movie <laughs> uh that is yeah. like exactly what his dad wants uh, i thought that was that was right Those were great calls. Thank you for including those. Uh, I, I just had dumb ones. And like, I, I, I still think you're making me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Like, I still think that is the line of the movie. But the ones that you cited, and also Marty, like your serious one, um, I think that's like when Ang Lee got to be Ang Lee about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that felt like Ice Storm shit. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just like in like a, a, a Marvel movie. Right. Um, and I think that's probably what he did best like i actually think the the fight scenes or not the fight scenes because that feels a little disingenuous but like the action choreography i actually thought was like really well done and like yeah generally really clear like what was mm-hmm. happening in, in the scenes um yeah speaking of yeah. angley and people he worked with later on obviously it's hard to separate him from his iconic role how do you think heath ledger would have been as a uh bruce banner Ooh. nope you said nope or dope i said nope Okay, I was one letter away from Aaron Silver. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Heath Ledger. Nope. Not that Heath Ledger's not capable. Of being I mean, I, I think everyone loves his joke. Yeah. He's out of this world actor. Yeah, but I just don't. When I, when I, when I would think, or when I mean, to me, it's the same thing as what we got with Eric Bana. You know what I mean? That's not what I think of when I think of Bruce Banner. You're being racist against Australians. Nope, I'm saying. Don't like them both because they're Australian. People. No, it's got nothing to do with it. I didn't know they were Australian until they told me. All I thought was white. (laughs) Australian is extra white. So it's fine. No, you are extra white. I'm the the pinkest person on this podcast. Hey, you leave my friend Kyle O'Brien alone, okay? He's not that white. (laughs) Nap's posted a a picture of you like getting a working out in the sun or some shit. Oh, that shit had me laughing. (laughs) All right, (laughs) Kyle. No, don't like him. (laughs) <laughs> all right okay? final category the matt prater award for outkicking your coverage this is the person who did the most with the least amount of screen time the hulk was in the movie too much to be considered for this right i don't think so i think if you time green on the screen you got like 20 minutes he's in like the full third act though okay i'll take it back yeah all right uh on a go i think he's probably in it too much but i think nick nolte was like actually incredible in this movie yeah he was in a different movie i think than a lot of folks but yeah. i like the movie he was in <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's yeah. in a different movie than everybody he's, yeah. he's getting getting too much oxygen off his oxygen tank for no yeah, reason yeah and then he was often too many gamma fumes or whatever <laughs> uh marty who who is your award winner for the map raider yeah it's funny because i was trying to like pull like small actors but like none of those side characters really mattered um mm. i got excited because thunderbolt ross in the very first season uh the his his whatever assistant general who hands him a document is daniel day kim who played yeah. Jin on lost oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah uh but i don't it didn't really do anything else in the movie so i wasn't I'm not gonna give him that award but i was just excited whenever i see someone i lost i do the leo dicaprio thing i'm like i know you you're on lost yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i would probably do probably do an ulti yeah not the best movie for this award, but we, we got a no. honor tradition. 
Aaron, mm. who you got? I got young Thunderbolt Ross. That dude did Ooh. a lot. I like him. Young Better Thunderbolt yet, Ross. I take right. that back. The young, uh, young uh, David Banner. The okay. the dead that dude. Yeah. He he was going in. He was doing a lot. Had a lot of emotion going on. Good dude, I liked him. him and that starfish carried the credits. Yeah, <laughs> the starfish, starfish and the stuff. jellyfish. I thought for a second when I was watching those credits, I was like, "Is he going to turn into that giant starfish?" And then ten minutes later, I was like, "I'm pretty sure that was in Suicide Squad. That was a DC movie." <laughs> I, like, I forgot what the antagonist was in this movie because I hadn't right. seen it since theaters. And so when I was watching it the other day, I was like, "Does he turn into a starfish?" And then literally, like several scenes later in the movie, I was like. That was DC. That was not. That was not a Marvel movie. Kyle, who you got? Uh oh, boy. Who? Uh, who? I don't know, man. Treasure I'm gonna Island? go. Treasure Island. Gonna... Jennifer, Jennifer yeah. totally goes on Treasure Island at one point. Yeah, the the uh, Vallejo steps. Yeah. I um I I wouldn't have uh, finished this movie if it wasn't for Jennifer Connelly. Um, I'm gonna say uh the gamma mutant poodle i think they should have been the primary antagonist um the like who do you think could have voiced the three of them uh uh stan Stan, tommy chong and whoopi goldberg yeah at the the time of lily no um, yeah who would who would voice the dog's name the dog's name was lily the poodle's name was lily you even said you liked the dog's name I thought you said life with Louie. I thought you were talking about Louie Anderson. I was like, I don't think that comes in. Louie Anderson, Fran Drescher, and a lawnmower. I'm getting yeah, the, yeah. the big three. Um, yeah, I, one That's quality it. that they did have for this Hulk that they like portrayed in the movie uh, that I felt was comic book accurate was that like when he gets um, attacked and like takes damage, like the the more pissed yeah. off that he gets, he gets physically larger and stronger. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. I love that. And so I think if they would have just... how he broke that dog's jaw? Just shoulder getting bigger because he got more pissed? Yeah. 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 Uh, if they, yeah. If they would have translated that to the to the poodle so that by the end of the movie, the poodle is like fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> just destroying the painted ladies, like knocking on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm sick of your shit. Give me that movie. Why she got to be a giant mutant poodle? Is that a recurring bit? You say something mean about Maggie Gyllenhaal on the podcast? Yes. It is now. It's definitely That's a recurring life. bit for our friendship. It feels like it That's came true. up like once a week. Yeah. Very true. Well, yeah, I bring it up all the time because it's you guys. You're funny, right. Crusade. Uh, any any final thoughts on the movie? The more I think about it, I think this movie really feels like an 80s movie in the sense that like it starts with one thing and then I have no fucking clue where it's going. Like It doesn't really telegraph its plot very well, which I actually think is interesting. It does, I think, like a good job of just like presenting weird circumstances that push the story in a direction rather than let you know where it's going. Like, there was no like... Very Rick and Morty, yeah. Yeah, that are no like Simpsons, right? We're like the first two minutes of a Simpsons episode and like the last oh, two minutes yeah, of a Simpsons episode. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck did we get here? Yep. Yeah, but there was yeah. no like, oh, hey, like this this bomb is going to be ready with, like one day with or without you. Like there was like nothing like that. There was no like climax hinted at. And so like it was really just like, dude, what's fucking like what is happening next? And so I, I think that's that's a, a, the final strength of the movie. And I want that to be my my closing thoughts on the movie. So. I'm just going to go in order on how the screen is set up. Kyle, any any closing thoughts on Ang Lee's Hulk? 
Um, I'll, I'll go with my last uh, note that I took when I was watching it, which was this movie was tediously long for what it needed to accomplish. <laughs> this movie could have been an email. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if that was, um, that was its strength. I remember it being criticized when it came out uh, for how long it was. Just like, whoa, uh, all that for the Hulk? And then, um, but now we've gotten to a point where it's like, oh, I don't mind a little, little extra movie if we're going to tell a good story. But like when all was said and done, I was like, huh, I don't know if I needed <laughs> all of that for, to uh, telegraph everything that just happened. Um, but ultimately, I'm glad this movie exists. I'm glad I saw it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Brokeback Mountain now to, <laughs> to balance out my Ang Lee levels. <laughs> Aaron, closing thoughts. Um, like I said, when I saw it before, I loved and adored it. And um, when all those people talk shit about it being too long, I defended it. But <laughs> after rewatching it, they had some points. <laughs> they weren't they weren't wrong. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I was super stoked for that movie. And even once you got to what I came to see is how I look at it. I still thought it was beautiful and I still really liked the movie. I loved all the action sequences that they had. You know what I mean? I, I'm not mm. going to hate on them. I loved them. I was happy with them then. I'm still happy with them now. I just wanted more of it. Marty, closing thoughts. Two quick thoughts. One, uh, uh, people should check out uh, one of Angley's uh, uh, lesser seen movies, Lust Caution. I believe that was a movie he did after Brokeback Mountain. It's sort of his, it's like a, a, a sensual spy thriller uh, in the vein of like a Wong Kar Wai movie uh, starring Tony Lung, who played Wen Wu in uh, uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, but a real great, like a real great, hot, sweaty, sensual spy thriller. Big fan of it. Uh, and then also, I think this movie would be a really good bar movie. I think this movie would be really interesting to watch without sound. Uh, it would have been the best um, at the loop. Yeah, and also I think everyone would have got excited to be like, oh, the dogs are coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all want to watch, watch the dogs. Yeah, and then yeah. like, you know, they don't look that bad. They don't look as bad as I remember. Yeah, hey, yeah. yeah we're all drunk in. and the audio yeah. is off. We'd have been happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Final, final thoughts come from Roger Ebert, who gave the movie three out of four stars. And he said, Ang Lee has boldly taken the broad outlines of a comic book story and transformed them to his own purposes. This is a comic book movie for people who wouldn't be caught dead at a comic book movie. Good enough for yeah, Roger, good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps us up. Thank you so much for listening. Um, do you guys want to share your socials or do you want to just, just get the, get the fuck out of here? I'm off social. I don't, anyone, social. I, I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone to know where I am. I'm off okay. the grid. Right. I'm, right. I'm ghost yeah. protocol. Like the hit movie. Ghost <laughs> protocol. Hey, that movie was good as shit. I just watched it. All of it. I'm really, I really want to rewatch all the, the mission impossible movies. I've been rewatching them, and they've been way better than I remember. I still yeah. haven't rewatched two yet because I refuse to. No, Why two who? fucks, two fucks, God real who? hard. I love, I love two. Garbage. I love anyway, two. The other ones, like Ghost Protocol, was way better than yeah. I remember. Dude, don't worry. Once I talk about every comic book and every comic book movie, this is going to become a Mission Impossible podcast. So, Mission Impossible. Mission. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm going to cut that out so people can't steal the idea. Yeah, it must already it. exist. <laughs> it has to already. That wasn't that clever. Yeah, but also it's like, what kind of podcast? Like, no one what like makes a podcast for? being like, oh, there's going to be seven episodes. Uh, then you do a podcast for every, you take your Titanic idea and do each episode is one minute of a movie. Oh, that wasn't my idea. That was Sarah's idea. No, it was. Okay. That was a very good idea, though. I yeah. love that idea. I got really high and recorded the first, I think, five minutes, and then I was so pissed off because I was like, wait, I thought it was a different five minutes. <laughs> I thought more happened in the first five minutes. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Shortbox Summary. Um, we'll see you next week. I got I got nothing else. I got nothing. Uh, thank you so much for, for showing up, guys. I really appreciate it. It felt like we were back at the Lope. I wish. What's, your, what's the next? What's the next superhero movie? Do you know? Next Kinda superhero movie. Uh, Ali and I are going to be doing Daredevil. She requested that one specifically because of the soundtrack. And then I think we got uh, X two. I think. Did we? We did X two. No, we didn't. Yeah. No, we didn't. Did we? We did no, X one. No. Yeah. Okay. I haven't rewatched X two in a we long did time. Blade 2. We, did we did Blade two. two. We did Blade That's two. That's what it is. Okay. I thought we did. Well, what's Punisher? Like... When's Tom Jane's Punisher? Punisher is 2004, so that one's coming up. Okay. Oh. I haven't seen that either. Oh, I'm, Tom Jane. <laughs> I'm excited to get that? to that. I'm excited to get to Fantastic Four. I'm excited to re- like. I really haven't seen these movies since I was in high school, so I'm excited to to go back and see the merit or l- lack of merit. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But we will be in your ear holes again next week. Thank you so much for listening to Shortbox Summary, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>